Hey, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> so I do enjoy the, the odd troll um, and kind of different things. And I like to test people's patience. Something I did was uh, recently one of the groups were in. Well, wait, is, like a river troll or a stone troll? Um, stone troll, I think would be the okay. best uh, description right there. Um, but stone cold? Maybe? <laughs> stone yeah, okay. cold troll. One of the best things, though, is one of the groups we're in. Uh, we, we've had a recent obsession with Canada's ability to bag milk. Um, so what I did True. was I ripped the audio out of a bagged milk infomercial, which was about 40 seconds long. Um, I went into one of their voice channels and I just left it playing on repeat over and over and over again for about an hour. Um, <laughs> and then kind of just recorded the results. Uh, and then there's one guy, most people quit pretty quickly and didn't want like anything to do with it. You'd be like, what is this? Okay, gone. Um, not so much some other people though. It be a mystery for a lot of people online, especially Americans. I'll show you how big milk works. Too. We have them in bags to keep them fresh. Now it comes in a big bag at any grocery store. Some places recycle them, but most people throw them out. You can also donate them to most church groups and they weave them into mats for poor countries. In a big bag, there are three bags. This is like someone's high school project each. about bagging you know milk. how fresh the bag milk is? Each bag has <laughs> a best Jonah, if you're speaking, days. by the way, I can't hear you over the side of the bag milk thing. It's literally impossible to hear you. Milk pitchers are very common. You can get them at yep, any kind of what I think store. They probably even sell them at the dollar store. They're very easy to find. So, um... <laughs> you so just place the bag... That, that, that would be Innes, the only person... Uh, um, captain of Team Scotland for uh, ETC, so like uh, a well-respected and known, well, a well-known uh, 40k player did not leave that chat and just sat there. I have like three minutes of just pure commentary on this bag milk thing to the point where now like, yeah, he can <laughs> recite it word for word. I'm like, why did you stay? He was like, it was just queuing for League of Legends, which apparently is a thing, but... Yeah, uh, big up to our quote-unquote winner for that. Um, you win the chance to save money on Ray's energy drinks with that promo code sellout. Oh man, we're back in again for another remote edition of Mob Rules. I am John, joined of course by So back and Danny. Danny, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Trying a different uh way of doing it this time before we used a, a different, very expensive paid service. Um <laughs> which apparently like desynced our audio like right at the very like more and more to each time. But right at the end when um oh I guess I should do the <laughs> I blow a hole in you with my corrections and omissions. Corrections and omissions being that we were desynced audio-wise, like the last half of the last podcast. So sorry, um, one that you listened that far, and then two um, that our audio was desynced. It wasn't very much. It was like a few seconds, but like things that were pointed out, like um, Danny said goodbye, and then I said Danny say goodbye. So <laughs> it just like, went really weird by the end there. Um, not worth $20 a month. No siree, yeah. Bob. Not, not at all. Um, hard agree. Hard agree. Hard agree. But yeah, it's, it's been two weeks. It's certainly been a two weeks. Uh, 
We're going to go a little bit of what we've been up to, um, and then we're going to have uh, a guest on. So we're doing like I know all the things today. We're, we're bringing in another person, which usually gives me technical issues. Um, we're trying a new service, Fantastic. which usually gives me technical issues. Amazing. Um, and then, oh, people did mention as well last episode that you were pretty quiet volume-wise, Danny, but I wanted to let everyone know. Oh, okay. That's not a bug. It's a feature. You're, you're, you're all welcome for that. Because <laughs> I am allowed. I'm allowed in person, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, so while I sip my uh, Kirkland brand hard seltzer from my Ray's energy drink, Mac Gun, um, yeah, I, I've been pretty, pretty mellow the past couple of weeks. Um, with coronavirus yeah. exploding around town, like I've kind of not really been up to much. Um, I finished Saturnine, which man, what a great book. Um, like literally like, I think one of my favorite heresy books, um, second favorite overall, cause I think still lost in the damned edges it out for me. Uh, but I think that's kind of just from the perspective the book is told that is kind of more, more my jam, but it's just still so good. So good. And characterization I had to put it down for a minute. Spot on. You said Lost in the Damned you put down or Saturday Night you put down? Yeah, I, I no no Lost in the Damned I put down. I'm like, all right, I need a I need a little bit of a heresy palate cleanser. This is <laughs> just so like I don't know. Uh I really like the scene with the beastman, that was cool. Yeah. When they were just like all like super like hyped up and drugged up and everything. Um <laughs> yeah. it was yeah, it was really cool and very intense. Uh but but a great book. Uh, I moved on to Indominus, uh, the book that released alongside Ninth Edition and the Indominus box sets. Um, yeah. Wow, what a change of pace uh, from Heresy to Indominus. Um, I think I stopped. I'm not super enjoying it, but I also don't think it was designed or written with me in mind. Not like me personally, um, but someone kind of with like my level of 40k knowledge and, and kind of like my my background with it it's definitely a great place to introduce new people to um especially kind of new space marine people too because it goes a lot in depth of the units and how things work there was a couple of cool things in there um it introduces the fact that um primaris captains and and like ranked officers are now pretty much vat born and vat trained because so many died <laughs> in the first couple bits of indominus so you get like this yeah. um real cool playoff of like i mean well we've all been in jobs right where we've had like all the experience and we know what we're doing and then they bring in this kid fresh from college who thinks they know everything because they ran three training simulations on it that was right. kind of a nice <laughs> dynamic and then kind of the Necron point of view uh, during biotransference was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, that was my favorite part of the book was how the pre-Necron, Necron tier, like before they became Necrons and how sad they were and that kind of stuff. I really like that. But that did make me pick up the audiobook with between the way it has like the two Necron faces on the front of the, the, the cover. So I'm excited for that one, and for someone who really could care less for uh, Necron background and lore, uh, as, as a person who's just like they're just dirty space space Egyptians, <laughs> like yeah, uh, it's it's going to be interesting to Dude, see kind of where it goes from there. I heard that one is amazing. So super excited for that one. Um, I painted yeah. I painted some of a bloodthirster, a lot of a bloodthirster. Um, it's a beautiful model. Uh, it's. So many cool little details, um, so many cool little things. 
Like I look at it now and I remember Danny, when you brought yours to a game and then Joe broke it. And I'm like, man, that's cause it has stupid little contact points that just don't make any sense. They're so small, <laughs> but in the, um, in the, in the kind of the picture of new GW models where everyone is like on the tiptoe foot, like jumping off of a ruin. It's really not that bad. <laughs> so it's like, just like True. leaping from fire. Uh, but it's a great kit. I love, I've had a great time painting it. Um, I bought, I think I didn't know if I said last time or not, but I, I got a couple units of furies, which are just amazing models. Uh, again, super spindly. Um, but I don't know. They look like unnervingly unnatural. Like they describe in the Indominus book, blood, blood, blood letters and how they're all like sinewy muscle. And the reason they're so skinny at the waist is because they have no need for organs. So they're like, right. It's just muscle and bone. Like that's super cool. And then like looking at that, looking at the fury kit, which is just a age of Sigmar Warcry kit. I'm like, wow, that, that really makes sense why they look the way they do now. Um, but excited to get those guys done. I ordered another box that gets me up to 18 total, which again, I don't think I need more than 15, but sadly those things come in boxes of six. So there's only so much you can do with that. Um, aside from that though, and then continuing my, my quest to batch paint 130 blood, uh, blood letters, uh, where I'm uh, kind of stage two on 50 of them. Uh, I haven't really been up to much. Danny, uh, what, what have you been doing? Man, that's impressive, John. <laughs> no, my, my not up to much done. is like hobby, hobbying, all the hobbying. I yeah. know. Dang, you talked about books you read. That's a do you, you it was impressive. I've been yeah. uh I've been reading the hor- I've been reading horse heresy stuff, so I am like halfway through uh Lost in the Damned, but I put it down for a minute to read something else because I just I got tired of reading about the heresy and how depressing <laughs> it is sometimes. It's a super like depressing book. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And like so like especially like the humans that like are like absolutely doomed to die and like they know that they're going to die and there's no there's nothing that they can do about it i don't know i thought that was interesting yeah i mean it's it's a great perspective though um and then like the way the the different sides like approach those ones because you have like the way the traders approach humans who are just there to die and how like the loyalists do it too right um so hobby wise, let's see here. I I got the Silent King's throne built and it's like mostly painted. I'd say it's like uh probably 75% done. I've just got to do a, like a lot of purple and gemming and stuff like that on it, and then it'll be done, and then I can start working on the actual riders and the big ass cloak. Jamming would the be the King necron has. form of rimming, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, it has a it's a, it has a little bit more to do with uh, like geology, but yeah, you're, you're pretty close. <laughs> it's rock based. <laughs> um, so I did that. Uh, I have been like just trying to uh, get a game in. It's been difficult. So I managed to have a game today, which was awesome uh, with our guest, actually. Yeah. Well, we'll talk um, about that in a little so, bit here. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, Let him put his here. side to the table and not just the Danny show. Okay, that's fair. You uh I wanna, I wanna hear what I wanna hear what he thought for sure. Um so and then you you guested on a whole bunch of podcasts this past couple of weeks too. Oh yeah. So uh we did the Art of War Down Under. 
there's probably about 10 hours of content that Michael Tempe and I did for them. Um, Those bastards <laughs> trimmed it down to an hour and a half where it's just like scarabs, <laughs> upsack. So good. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, those are not all the tricks. We went through every <laughs> single stratagem, every single warlord trait, like and talked about every single one of them and what we thought, which was cool. Um, let's see here. I... I did, yeah. So I played that game, did that podcast. I also did a podcast for with uh, Dangly Boys. So Seth and Shelby had me on to talk about uh, like Shelby's Necrons and and kind of some tips and tricks um, for units. So we thought how they're doing that kind of thing. So that was pretty fun. Um, and then I'm gonna I'm doing another podcast tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna do the best in faction Necron faction focus, which is cool. I think what was great was um, you told me like after 10 hours of talking about Necrons of Art of War Down Under, you're like, I'm done. I don't want to talk about Necrons anymore. Like I will never talk <laughs> about Necrons again and I need a break. I need to do something else. And then like it's the rest of development, the Raider, whereas like he didn't. <laughs> That's exactly correct. Uh so, but yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm having a good time. I've been building some lists. I have some other stuff I want to try. Um, so yeah, it was it's it's been fun. It's been a good couple of weeks. Awesome. Um, well, we're not going to keep anyone waiting for like the real show. Uh, and I really want to introduce people to the person who uh, made people rage at repulsors like no other. Uh, so we're oh, gonna yeah. we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna be right back after this. Do you have a single anecdotal a standard bolt gun having trouble maintaining an acceptable Xenos kill count only barely over two meters tall? Maybe it's time to ask your lieutenant if the Rubicon Primaris is right for you. The Rubicon Primaris is a prescription process that helps you to update that tired look. You may notice an increase in your purging abilities after two to within two to four hours. You may experience loss of life, additional organs, and a points increase. Do not take the Rubicon if you plan on fitting into rhinos, drop pods, or other traditional vehicles. The Rubicon Primaris is not intended for second founding chapters. The Rubicon Primaris is for use on genetically enhanced super soldiers over the age of 800 only. You are encouraged to report negative side effects to your company's apothecary. The Rubicon Primaris. Because sometimes plot armor is just not enough. Man, well, that's a that's a noise to let us know we're back. If ever I heard one, um, it's a hawk explosion. It's a hawk explosion, which is what Danny calls like the secondaries that he takes most of the time. But no one cares about us, Danny. <laughs> uh, we're joined by yeah. Thank you for laughing. Yeah, like come back on and like we'll keep having you back as long as you laugh at my terrible jokes. So Please laugh. <laughs> yeah, good old Warhammer 40k Jeb Bush himself. We have Kevin, uh, one of our local uh, players here, uh, one of our local Death Watch players. So introduce yourself. Tell us about you. No pressure, but do it well. Okay. Well, my name is Kevin Mackey. I've started uh, playing Warhammer not too long ago. I got in, I think, at the midpoint of 2018 and from that point on i just started to well i should say i started playing and then i i was kind of really curious what what army to play and asked a couple friends 
the ones that introduced me to the game told me to find an army that seemed really cool. And I started looking at some of the Wikipedia pages because I really had no other like source of information about the game and decided that uh, that might be a good place to start. Well, anyways, I found this army called Death Watch and they just struck me as something super cool. Now, it's unique that your friends told you to find something interesting, yet you picked Death Watch. Why do you think that was? <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, they were kind of like, uh, well, they are, you know, the, the super tactical group of space marines that, you know, they don't follow the rules, not even their own. They just go out in the darkness and fight aliens. The proud boys of 40K, indeed. <laughs> wow. Um, I wouldn't call them that, for sure. You know? <laughs> A very charged moment right there. Um, uh some of you, I mean, a lot of you won't know Kevin by name. Um, the majority of you will recognize three of his very specific vehicles. Um, at one of our GT events that we run up here, um, rest in peace 2020, uh, Battles on Ursa. Kevin uh, found out that he could perfectly balance three repulsors on the third level of a ruin. Um, perfectly legal and within the rules. <laughs> And he is his knight opponent was extremely unhappy. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> so yeah, that yeah, was quite give, the move. Give us some insight into that move, as we're going to refer to it as the Mackie uh, from here on out, where you <laughs> where you bend the rules for hilarity. Okay, so I'll preface this by saying that <clears throat> that knight player he had eaten my lunch before. And this is it, and also a new player who, before that time, I don't even think really understood some of the rules he had to use. And so watching him just decimate my army time and time again while I was explaining to him how to do it because he didn't know what his models did was just, I mean, I died a thousand deaths. And so here we are. Like the, the ultimate the nice guy move. You're new, so here's how you beat me, like step by step. <laughs> Exactly. And so we get this deployment or we get paired up in, in the, in the tournament there. And you know, he's, he's a nice guy, nothing against him, but I, my heart kind of sank. Cause I was like, Oh, this is, this is going to go one of two ways. And so I had a realization when I looked at our deployment areas and the terrain that because of the height of the terrain and the fact that the keyword fly existed, in the capacity it did with those models on the repulsor executioners, I had like a light bulb go off and I ran over to the TO and I'm like, come here and take a look at this deployment. I think this is legal. Can I do this? And he goes, yep, you can do that. I said, all right. And so from that moment on, I took a picture because I was so proud of myself for being so strategically minded that I had placed three repulsor executioners <laughs> on top of this building with my watchmaster smashed in the middle for full rerolls with the Tome of Ectoclades. I did not see the watchmaster right in the middle. <laughs> the oh, right in the middle there. <laughs> he's buried in there, buddy. And so he gives this reroll aura for hits, all failed hits, and then he gives a reroll aura for... Uh, wound rolls of one against specific battlefield types and obviously i chose uh, lord of war shocking and it just so happened i also got to go first and so this knight player with nowhere to hide on the board because the advantage of the height of this terrain gave me unyielding vision of 
Ironically, now a stratagem. That's a great. That's, yeah, that's a great descriptor. My vision was unyielding. I could see all, and I proceeded to eliminate night after night after night. And I don't think I left my roost for the entire game. The fucking bat cave at the top. <laughs> you always know it's a good move when you have to call the judge over to confirm before you do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost like you took like the six months of goodwill you took like helping that player to learn and you're like okay i've banked a lot of goodwill let's just fucking get rid of it all right now now it counts get cashed it in <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah then that, that little picture you took has shown up in so many places it's it's quite it brings a tear to my eye every time i, I see it that <laughs> the that our state could produce something so horrific and so beautiful at the same time yeah i told people i will definitely take the blame but also the credit for that move <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so yeah if you want to know where to look for uh for the person who got rid of the fly keyword on repulsors uh kevin mackey uh he, he <laughs> find him on facebook and yeah send him all of the hate yeah there we go perfect um so we're moving on usually uh danny does a hot take of a codex when it comes out due to uh, the USPS uh, no longer existing as a functional unit. We didn't receive the books until about a week later almost. So we decided we were going to pull Kevin on here to talk, like help us talk about Death Watch, uh, go over some of the new book, uh, and kind of some of the things that Daddy and Kevin have noticed in their time with the book. Um, Kevin gives us a great kind of historical perspective of where Death Watch was as well as kind of what he's excited for. And Danny, of course, the original trademarked hot takes uh, coming from him uh, f <laughs> for this this right here. So, I mean, I I guess like we should start before this new book. Um, how did Death Watch play? Like, what makes Death Watch like a different army from, say, like just regular Space Marines? Uh, for the maybe someone like me who knows nothing. Uh, well. My experience with Death Watch is with 8th edition only. And in that edition, Death Watch was probably, well, I'm not going to say probably, they were the most premier uh, army to take against hordes because of their special issue ammunition. Uh, the wide-ranging uh, equipment choices that were able to utilize special issue ammo was also pretty impressive. And so it was a gun line that if you built your kill teams properly uh it functioned like a better version of ultramarines uh there were some limitations of course with uh, wound rerolls because of the limited access to uh wound rerolls because of no lieutenants and uh because of that you had to kind of be a little more strategic about what units you're shooting at but the fact that you could wound almost everything in the game on a two up and reroll that one especially when you were hitting on a three-up and re-rolling the failed ones and twos. Uh, it was just amazing how you would just leaf blower entire armies off the board in one turn of shooting. I do remember being like super frustrated playing against Death Watch because it seemed to be like no matter what I took, there was some kind of weird BS answer for it, either in like a stratagem or through special issue ammo or through some other things that, 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 that was happening there. Um, Danny, like, what were some of the tools that they were bringing that was just making them so 
like all purpose, I guess, would be uh, the, the way to go. Well, I mean, they obviously special issue ammunition really lets you customize your bolter shots to deal with the type of the foe that you need to at any one given time, which is really nice. Um, uh, and they so using that and a lot of weapons that fired many shots, like storm bolters, for instance, or bolt rifles, um, or a bunch of other different kinds of things, um, they can or they can really put a lot of pain. The other thing that Death Watch were kind of known for were their kill teams. So they could take a mixed squad of like Primaris Marines or uh, Firstborn Marines, um, which gave the squad some extra abilities um, intrinsic within the rules of the squad. Like if you had an Inceptor, you could fall back and still shoot, that kind of stuff. Um, so that, uh, that was kind of another one of their uh, pretty big strengths because they could really like make a super beefy squad of like aggressors or um, other other troops that uh, like he like hell blasters for you know some ablative wounds and things like that that they could take. So um, that's kind of one of their signature moves were those kill teams specifically. And then even taking myself off of mute and repeating myself now, but um, <laughs> going into ninth uh, with the design philosophy change Marines that all Marines are now supplements. So all of the, you know, special chapters, like your Blood Angels, your Dark Angels, your Death Watch, are all supplements to the main book. One, it opens a lot more options. And, uh, you know, two, I mean, you still have those special things that make your army special. Uh, Kevin, what are some of the changes that you've seen, because we've had the book for a couple of weeks now, um, that you're most excited for with this uh, Death Watch book? Well, man, there's actually a couple different changes I'm excited for. I guess specifically, I'll start with access to more units was huge because in 8th, you had very limited uh, uh, <clears throat> equipment options, unit options. And so you really had to, like Danny was pointing out, make use of, of the options that were availed to you through the kill teams that you built with, with having the ability to fall back and shoot like if they had fly and with aggressors letting you advance and fire without penalty. Well, now, um, man, I couldn't take a whirlwind in the 8th edition, and I can take one now. Uh, Devastator Centurions, right? That was a thing that I dreamed about having, and now it's like, yeah, take it. So there's a lot of just units that are available to me that I, I almost have a hard time deciding which ones are the good ones to take right now. Yeah, for sure. And then, Danny, what do you see kind of from the changes from the 8th edition Death Watch Codex to this new 9th edition supplement? Well, it kind of follows along a similar design philosophy where they're, they're removing like special rules from units a lot and then adding them as stratagems. So they cost resources to utilize and units are a little bit more vanilla. Um, kind of like actual kill team abilities are now boiled down into like one CP stratagems for the most part that you can still utilize. Awesome. Yeah. And just to, uh, Danny broke up a little bit there. Um, it's kind of following the design trend of special rules being removed from the data sheet and being added on as stratagems. Um, and that's a really interesting thing to see. We saw it with smoke launchers um, and we're seeing it more and more now with the kill teams. Um, do you guys think, and I'm going to leave this open here, that there's a big change in how Death Watch plays? Like, are you guys looking at Death Watch armies 
as being very different from their eighth eighth edition counterparts, or is it still kind of like a real similar feeling um, situation? Go ahead, Kev. Well, I would say that the overall playstyle of Death Watch has changed significantly, especially with you know the changes to Night being more focused on holding and taking objectives. Um, I guess. Danny and I were actually talking about this earlier tonight because in the past when I went to go build a list I would just basically see what was the best shooting units available to me because that's all that mattered was I just had to shoot and now I'm realizing that I have to be able to shoot yes but I also must be able to take objectives and stay on them so that part of building the list and figuring out what units are going to be best to take uh, has definitely shifted Death Watch from being what they were in 8th to being something different in 9th, especially with their their changes to the chapter tactics. Uh, now they get to reroll ones in melee against all the Xenos armies, which is huge. Um, an army-wide rule where getting into combat is now preferable as opposed to in the past where you kind of want to play the don't-touch-me game. I mean, that's a game we always want to play. Abstinence is the number one priority here. Um, but, but for sure. And the number one way to prevent teenage pregnancy. That's right. Yeah, we're very big anti-choice on this podcast. No, um, but yeah, no, so there, there's a lot of things that kind of go into that uh, there and kind of a lot more options. And like I said, I think especially being rolled into the main Marine book where you do have all of these new tools to play with, um, who are some of the big winners in your guys' eyes for Death Watch now that you have access to the, the whole toy chest pretty much? And I mean, Daddy, we're going to start with you. Who are some big winners for Death Watch? Oh, man, that's a really great question. It is. Um, I'm very good at this. It's my humility. <laughs> Never mind. I take back everything nice I said before. Uh, let's see. So I think... Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you. Um, I think the changes to the way the kill teams work now that there's uh, four different types of kill teams and they separated out like the different classes of Astartes armor into basically their own kill team. Um, I think that those units that can do that are really big winners because of the tactical versatility it gives you. Um, like I think, for instance, uh, the Eliminators plus like infiltrator uh kill team the spectrus one is really good especially if you have the infiltrator with the uh, helix gauntlet so you, they get to ignore the first failed save mm -hmm. every turn and on a unit of four eliminators seems like pretty darn good um and then i also like uh kevin and kevin played this we proxied the heavy intercessors but he brought the five uh eradicators five heavy intercessors squad and that squad is gross. <laughs> uh, and is that just because you have some ablative wounds there for the erratic or the 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 flame or the melta boys, right? Uh, that's kind of what makes it extra gross. Well, and they can just straight up deep strike. Oh, yeah, that is extra gross, which is super good. Yeah, we we talked about the points cost too with their weapon loadout. Um, the what is it? The executor heavy bolter. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's their uh, the uh, stalker bolt rifle. Yeah, it's like the executor bolt rifle or something. Like yeah, the executor. It's, it's strength five, two damage, 
Um, and it's on a, a, a model that's T5 and three wounds. So gross. Got it. Yeah. Perfect. Um, what about you, Kevin? What are some of the big winners for you for Death Watch? And what are you excited to play? And why is it Outriders? So, for me, the big wins, some of the character choices, uh, just first off, you were basically relegated to having like a captain and a watchmaster. That was like the only two real worthwhile choices. And now there's the Xeno Purge discipline, and it is awesome. There are so many cool things you can do because now librarians are worth taking. Um, the chaplain being able to have litanies that, well, affect the deep strikers is another huge boost, especially now that he comes on a motorcycle and he's like extra angry and fast and tough. Um, those would be my first two like immediate. Wow. These are a huge boost to the army overall, but I gotta say, I think outriders are my go-to first off, just hands down best addition to the kill teams is those bikey boys like literally the only way to have more than three bikes in a squad um is through this death watch where you add like five of the rider bikers to your kill team and then combat squad them away and then they maintain the infantry keyword so they can kool-aid man through walls their their objective secured i believe as well um just a whole bunch of really neat things you can do with those bikes yep. which are just stupidly fast um, you mentioned litanies and psychic powers, a, a couple of things like that. What from the kind of the the really great crunch stuff that only Death Watch get, are you guys excited about to so like the stratagems, um, the psychic powers, all those kind of things like the litanies, the traits, Kevin, what are some things that have got you um, or, or what is on par excitement level for you as putting three repulsors on top of a ruin? <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> right now it's it's got to be access to these warlord traits that previously were not so hot, but now are just paragon of their chapter is the second list in the warlord second on the list of warlord traits, and I think that is one of the most powerful warlord traits you can have because it opens access to the basic space marine warlord traits, and so of course one of the first like one of the first warlord traits that comes to mind is the salamanders plus two strength and so <clears throat> excuse me and so being able to just immediately give a character plus two strength or go to say like the flesh terrors and give them um what was theirs now i'm getting confused with uh chapter tactics but anyways the uh <clears throat> the warlord traits are huge for death watch Danny, was there any specific warlord traits apart from Paragon of the chapter that really stood out to you for Death Watch as being like, like Chef's Kiss level? Uh, Castellan of the Black Vault's pretty good because it gives you, uh, it gives you like a free relic, which can be in addition to another relic. Um, so you can do some cool shit with that. Uh, I like that. I think that's a pretty fun one. Um, I really like the. Uh, uh, there's some really cool relics as well. Um, I really like the, uh, uh, what is the, uh, the Dominus Aegis, uh, which is a, a storm shield replacement. And it's, it gives you a plus one to your armor save, but then also an aura of five plus invul. Oh, oh yeah. That's models real good. And so it's models and not unit for yeah, that, right? Units. Or units? No, units. It's cool. units. So that it's is like better. super good. So I think it's like a six inch bubble of five up, right? So like when you combine that with your kill team of your 
heavy intercessors and your eradicators, like having those guys have that feel is just it makes it super durable in an already gross unit. Sure. And uh, it's already it's core units as well, so you could use it on like dreadnoughts. Oh. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, unkillable dreadnoughts are the hallmark of Warhammer and, and what it should be. Um, that's something relic wise that Danny really likes. Uh Kevin, is there any relics that are sending out to you as being like, wow. Um must takes. Uh, for one, the Beacon Angelus that has been a, a holdout since I first discovered what it could do for Death Watch. I, uh, I don't think I've had a game where I didn't take it. It gives you the ability to, at the end of one of your movement phases, um, if you have anyone that didn't arrive as reinforcements or they were already on the battle or on the uh, tabletop, you could pick them up and place them next to the model that's bearing the beacon as long as they're nine inches away from uh, enemy models, and I think wholly within six of the bearer, you can just pick up uh, bikers, or infantry, and just plop them all the way across the board. And it works especially well when you deep strike a unit that has that relic <clears throat> and then bring something that's been hiding in the backfield over to uh, wherever you want them. So it gives you a lot of strategic play there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. There's, I, a lot, there's, there's so many things you can do with that relic. Yeah, and you guys mentioned um, the chaplain with the litanies as well. Do, do Death Watch get special litanies for that too? Uh, no. But no, they just don't. the fact that they have the chaplain on bike and some of the Space Marine uh, stratagems that allow you to use a... Uh, basically pass a litany later in the game beyond the command phase is is a huge bonus to death watch because it allows you to like for instance deep strike a chaplain and then go oh i'm gonna pay for this to go off so that i can have mantra of strength happen or or a canicle of hate so you can just get that deep strike charge at seven inches now, now, something you did mention um, before, even then, as I kind of distractedly tried to mention Lydney's, uh, psychic powers, uh, Death Watch have their own little psychic power tree now, right? Yes. And um, I, I'm trying to yeah, there's some find really great powers on that. And, and there's some pretty good ones in there. So, pre-morphic... I was going to say, which feel free to tell me about, because my knowledge level is... is <laughs> absolutely john standard right now on this yeah um one of the ones i released that stood out to me first off was this pre-morphic resonance uh basically any overwatch attacks that you you make with a, a unit they, they score hits on a five up um it's a blessing so it's not one of the other ones just you know malad malediction i think that's what they call them is Oh yeah, yeah but so those are like uh, debuffs on people. As long as we right. don't go back to the evils of sixth edition, where like it was like the fifteen different categories of psychic powers, right? Right. But I mean, specific to this pre-morphic resonance, it allows you to shoot Overwatch on a five up. If you start the fight phase in engagement range, it can fight first. Uh, at each time a melee attack is made, add one to the attack's hit rolls. So it's definitely a good, you know, supercharge for any kind of advancing or uh, assaulting units and it seems to like partner really well with the the trait where like you're re-rolling hits of one against the uh, xenos too like depending on, on army obviously um what other psychic powers are, are kind of like super standouty for death watch uh, fortified 
with contempt is really great. It's a five up feel no pain, um, which to just be able to put on a unit is super good, especially like Gravis armored, uh, like uh, intercessors would be great target for that. I mean, that gives you like such a great range if you have the fact to give like this invulnerable up as well from the your dude. So you have like your five up uh, heavy intercessors and then you can give them a feel no pain too. Like the durability right. you can give these guys is just crazy. It's really cool. Um, what about strat yeah. what about stratagems? Um, every of course, every marine book famous for giving more stratagems. Um, what are some stratagems that you're excited to get from this book here? Um, you know, they remove special issue ammo from Hooray. the Hooray. Sorry, this is a death <laughs> review. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, I Death get Watch players. <laughs> There's definitely some salt I've harvested over the the last couple of years with you know auto bolt rifles firing just massive amounts of hellfire. But one of the things they changed is special issue loadout. Uh, it's an ability or it's a stratagem for two CP. You select a Death Watch infantry unit to shoot, and it changes the. Um, ammunition ability and their type characteristic to heavy one so they gain special issue ammo they only get one shot so on certain weapons like uh stalker bolt rifles it's perfect take because you're not really losing much but now you have a chance to plus one to your wound roll or get that sweet sweet vengeance round plus one to damage and that is just yeah. the the chef kiss Oh man, you did the real sound too. That, that's how good it was. I felt it. I felt it through the mic. And then Danny, was there any strats that stood out for you from the Death Watch supplement where you're like, wow. No, it was wow, okay. Fuck Death Watch. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that was my that was my take on it too. Glad we're aligned. <laughs> no, uh <laughs> I really like uh, Brotherhood of Veterans. Uh use the stratagem in your command phase, select a Death Watch unit from your army, and then and select one chapter tactic or successor tactic, successor tactic until the end of the turn models in that unit have that chapter tactic or successor tactic instead of the Xeno Hunters one. So you can just pay 2CP and for a turn you can be like, uh, that's cool. My guys are Dark Angels now. So what I really like this so, is... Or, or whatever, right? Like for me, the, the way Death Watch is to me where you have like a bunch of different chapters come together to form one giant unit. Reading the stratagem... It reads like one guy in the unit is like, no, no, guys. So we can move and advance, and we can still charge. Let me show you how to do it. <laughs> and then it gets in there, or, you know, whatever a Blood Angels chapter tactic is, or Imperial Fist, or like, look, there's a building. Aim there. Um, it's really fluffy. It works really well, and it's right. like a super good tactic to, to throw in there. And a really good 2CP strat is some of those Marine ones are really good. So for 2CP... Uh, to specialize oh, yeah. even more is amazing. Um, Kevin, you mentioned earlier, you now have access to the full Marine book, which gives you new units um, that, that you might not have had before, but also gives you access to new stratagems that weren't necessarily there. Is there anything from the Marine book that you're like, wow, I'm super glad I can get this as Death Watch now? Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, Danny and I were also discussing that earlier. Just you bastards producing content without me. <laughs> just kind of being paralyzed by choice. Uh, I mean, shoot, I can take lieutenants now. So, wow, I if I really want to work on rerolling wounds to anything, I can do that. 
Um, I think the biggest take for me out of the this book would be the um, vanguard units. So like the incursors, the infiltrators, and the Phobos line of models is just it's a huge bonus. Uh, being able to have all that sneakiness that I always thought Death Watch should have because they paint their armor black so you don't see them as well. But um, here they that was are. actually according to Beast Arises. Sorry to be a fluff nerd here, um, but that was entirely um, like accidental, and they all didn't mean to paint their armor black and leave one silver sleeve. They all just did that on their own, um, and then came together like, "Oh, you guys painted the majority of your armor black too." Um, but this isn't issues I have with the Beast Arises podcast. This is talking about Death what? Watch here. <laughs> One of us is definitely going to have to change. <laughs> yeah. So embarrassing. You guys left your metal arm metal too, even though like ceramite is, I assume, white. Um, yeah. <sighs> anyway, Danny, is there anything from the Marine book that you think, wow, why can Death Watch have that? That's not fair. No. Awesome. I really got to start like the Jeopardy theme Um, going to that. Uh, What is no? (laughs) (laughs) What is no? (laughs) So how do you, how has your army list construction changed since this book came out here, Kevin? So like before, like where like you had the, I hate to say standard Marine gun line, but almost like a play on that. Right. Um, but since this book's come out now and you have the the paralyzing ability of choice, where is your Death Watch army going now? Uh, Melee-centric. <clears throat> I want to make sure that I I really kind of flesh out my abilities in combat better than I have before. So I'm really focusing on, on units that have multiple attacks and will hopefully pull off what I need them to pull off in combat so that I can, you know, take and hold objectives. Um, but yeah, high, higher toughness, more attacks, not so much really worried about shooting right now, but that versatility of just being able to fall back and charge or blender something in my way. That's kind of what I'm going for. Yeah. And then Danny, you put death watch a little in eighth. Um, how do you see them changing in ninth? Well, I think like Kevin said, I think uh, this edition is definitely, I've heard this from other people as well. I mean, you you have to be able to deal with people in the middle of the table. So whether that's, you know, extremely effective close range shooting or close combat, however you're going to do that, like you have to be able to take people off objectives and then stick around on them. Uh, Whether it's just annoying to kill a bunch of units that are on one objective or like you have extremely tough units. I mean, that's just like, it's however your army plays, right? And so Death Watch excel in having extremely hard hitting units. So what I can see is them like shooting enough shots to take a unit off of an objective and then charging into the, to the, to another objective to actually remo- remove another unit in combat. Cause like they're going to have to make some like two for one trades in their unit with their units. Otherwise, they're just going to get. Uh, overrun because I mean there's just you know there's not there's their marines there's still not that many of them yeah um anything else you guys want to add about death watch before we wrap this up here Kevin I'll start with you I guess it works better when I specifically say one person (laughs) uh no I just I I look forward to actually getting a few more games in with the newer rules I, I played a few games of ninth but with the old eighth rules and it, it felt 
like such a different game when I finally played them with this new supplement. It felt like such a different army that I'm really excited to actually kind of flesh out some of these ideas on the tabletop and see what they'll do. Well, I got to tell you, I'm real excited when you say you're going melee focused because I am excited to run 100 blood letters at you and, and then we'll see um, where it goes from there. Uh, Danny, what else do you want to add about Death Watch? <laughs> I think they're a great army. I think they're one of the probably like, or they're easily the most versatile Marine Codex. Um, like they just have so many different options and so many different ways to play. Like there's even stuff we didn't, we didn't necessarily cover like them being able to buy the, like a roll to, that lets them reroll potentially all failed wounds against like troop units and things like that. It's just a lot of different ways that you can play them that are extremely powerful. Um, and you have a lot of choices on how you equip your units more than any other space marine book and in addition to that another thing we didn't talk about is the order the order in which they can they're like super doctrine ability is to just use whatever combat doctrine they want during any given battle round it just has to be uh you can only use like devastator once assault doctrine twice or i'm sorry uh tactical doctrine twice and re and the assault doctrine three times so they get like first turn assault doctrine if you want or like you know when uh like uh eradicators come down they can use assault doctrine then like either turn two or turn three um or tactical doctrine um or whatever however you want to do it so super cool lots of to play lots of unit choices um, they're just overall very versatile and very good i think the great thing about death watch for me is the versatility right so you can really build your list like look at that secondary list in your gt pack look at the secondaries that you're given as part of that death watch supplement and you can design your army to maximize those points and more than any other marine list um where like what kevin was really excited about about putting like outriders in a squad and having these objective secured outriders that can kool-aid man through walls again and like <laughs> like like different things like that is definitely things you can do um but it's definitely something where it's an army where you need a definite plan of how you want to play before you construct an army list because death watch more than any other army have so many choices like if you want intercessors great that's awesome we can do that also did you maybe want to throw some other different kind of units in there you're like well that's, that doesn't make sense right um but you have right. all of these options and all of these great things to do and all of these tactical plays like it's such a nuanced army um that just yeah the danger is going to be like oh god i'm paralyzed with choice now but i think <laughs> the the end time like so yeah you have access to the whole space marine book but i still think your core is still those great kill team options you have so many great options from the different kinds of kill teams. Um, but really kind of pulling it back to your secondaries and be like, well, how do I score? How does this list win? Which is like the number one question that we always ask of, of the list is, how do I win with this list? And Death Watch have so many ways to do it. You just got to make sure that you're not splitting hairs and kind of going like way too many different directions, uh, which is like super easy to do. For sure. For sure. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. We'll definitely have you back in the future uh, for something like less serious and probably uh, more fun. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. You, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go, go. Do you want to maybe, yeah, how about uh, Kevin? Why don't we have Kevin stick around and we can talk about our game after this next commercial break? What oh, yeah. That? What a great choice. Yeah, yeah. I'll have Kevin get you. I'm going to take a break. 
Um, and we're going to go a little behind the microphone here. Kevin, you're going to hear the ad, but I'm going to mute you so you can't talk. Um, but then when I talk again, everything's going to be Gucci and good to go, as my, my people at work tell me is a, a cool word to say. Um, but yeah, <laughs> thank you, Danny, uh, for mentioning that. I'm going to play a quick ad here, and then we will be, well, not so much a quick ad, but an ad. Dude, I'm the best. I took first place at another tournament. First off, stop with the thunder and lightning. You don't impress me. And second, let me check out the BCP rankings. And I don't see you on there. What? Your TO needs to download the Best Coast Pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings. And the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game system. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're going to have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP Rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking. Or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings. Are you the best? Okay, one thing that really bugs me about that app is there is an overdub in there that makes literally no sense why they would dub over a line. <laughs> and it bugs me every time. Like, all of you guys who listen who hate the whistling ad, the BCP ad is that for me because of, like, three words that are dubbed and added in after the original was recorded. <sighs> anyway, Danny and, Kevin, Danny, Danny and Kevin played a game today. Uh, Danny brought his Necrons, as he is will to do. Um, after talking about them for 60 hours uh, in the past uh, four days. Uh, and Kevin brought new Death Watch. So why don't you guys go ahead and talk about that game? Go ahead, so, Danny. Kevin. Okay, sure. I'll talk about my list first. Um, so uh, let's see here. So I played uh, a uh, Double Patrol plus Supreme Command Detachment, wherein I took the Silent King as my Warlord. Um, and then I took uh, two patrols that are Nihilac. So I took uh, uh, one patrol had a Chronomancer, 10 Death Marks, uh, 10 Immortals with Ghost Blasters, um, uh, 10 Triarch Praetorians, and 9 Scarab Swarms. Um, and then I had another patrol with a Technomancer with a Canopta Control Node, um, 10 more Immortals with Ghost Blasters, um, a unit of 9 Scarabs, a unit of 4 Scarabs, and uh, two Canoptic Doomstalkers. So um, it's got a goodly amount of core to get benefits from the rerolls from the Silent King. Um, it's got some cool tricks with the Death Marks. Uh, I just I think they're a really cool unit, especially when you can make them objective secured with Nihilac. Um, they have some really interesting uh, options for like uh, uh, for scoring points by doing actions because Nihilac can pay a command point and still shoot afterwards, which is nice, especially since I don't have a lot of like a lot of different units. Like it's not MSU or anything. Um, but yeah, I think it's a pretty good list. It's got some decent shooting. Um, it's got the Silent King. He's kind of like my melee deterrent because nobody wants to fight him. Um, I sort of want to then, fight him. Yeah. <laughs> Red. Well, you'll get your wish. Um, <laughs> excited to see multiple uh, giant monsters die to one dude on a stone <laughs> well your monsters aren't real and he's going to tell them that they're not 
Oh, the um, old Fabius so yeah, bile uh, method. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's worked. It works. It's worked for a lot of different people. Um, so Kevin, what about your list? Why don't you tell us about it? So my list was uh, 2,000 points in a single battalion. I had a uh, captain with a jump pack, a relic blade, and storm shield, because that's now a legal build, which is cool, because I oh, built yeah. that Ill- illegally in eighth. <laughs> and then suck at opponents who didn't catch that. <laughs> oh, no, they did. His name was Taylor Pearson, and he immediately said, that doesn't count. You can't do that. And I said, oh, God. What have I done? So you know, I the, really feel bad when I make a mistake like that. The way to counter that is just scream at Taylor. Just be like, ah, <laughs> and he'll back down. Got him. Next time I'll do that. But uh, the rest of the HQ units, I brought the Primaris Chaplain on bike because he's just an awesome model and I could not wait to get him on the table. And then, of course, the Watchmaster. Um, I gave the Watchmaster the Beacon Angelus, also made him the Warlord, and I gave him the Nowhere to Hide uh, Warlord trait, so that in the command phase, he gets to just pick a unit on the table and say, you don't get the benefit of cover. And then every unit that's, I think, core, that's within six inches, whenever they shoot, um, yep, that unit doesn't get a saving throw, or doesn't get to add cover to the part of their saves. Um, the Chaplain on Bike, I made him the Master of Sanctity, because you gotta, and I gave him the Benediction of Fury. Uh, the other thing I did too is I spent command point to give him hero of the chapter, used paragon of their chapter, and then gave him anvil of strength from the salamanders uh, list. So he was pretty much supercharged for slapping people around. Then I had two Fortis kill teams, uh, five intercessors, five outriders in each. The only difference between the two was one of them was equipped with stalker bolt rifles on every intercessor, and the other one was just your basic bolt rifle uh, intercessors. I had the Indometer kill team with five Eradicators with a Melter rifle, and then five Heavy Intercessors with the Executor uh, Bolt rifle. I had a regular squad of Intercessors with six of those bad dogs running around with Auto Bolt rifles, and the Sergeant, thanks to the new points update, I was able to fit this in, but the Sergeant got a Power Fist, which was super cool. And then the last troop choice I took was a Spectrus kill team with five Incursors and five Infiltrators. Uh, my elite choice, I had a prim- Primaris Apothecary, who I boosted into Chief Apothecary status. And I brought a Whirlwind for the heavy support with a Vengeance Launcher. Nice. So what mission did you guys play? So we played uh, mission 32 of the Grand Tournament Packet, Sweep and Clear. God, I hate um, that so mission. So this is kind of a... <laughs> Really? Have we played this one before? I think we've played that one two or three times. I'm pretty sure it keeps landing on that one. Um, <laughs> so I think I just have like negative views of it. But go. I'm sure you guys' game was great and Denny wasn't an asshole. So though. it was. <laughs> nope, not this time. Um, so it's table quarters. Um, so for deployment with a nine inch bubble in the center. And it has five objectives. Um, they're all 12 inches and 15 inches from the long and short edges. Uh, respectively and then one objective in the center so it's a five objective mission um it's a uh uh hold one hold two hold more so taking holds for the, the primary um and then it has to salt secondary yeah um, where basically five nice um, and then, so with that in mind, Kevin, what secondaries did you choose to take? 
Well, I went with Engage on All Fronts. I Classic. took Suffer Not the Alien, which is the Death Watch specific. It gives you a point at the end of the game, I believe. One point for every Eldari, Orc, Tyranid, or Necron, whatever the Xeno army you're facing. You get a point for every unit you killed um, by a Death Watch unit in your army. And then I took Raise the Banners High. Just I kind of struggled on my third one. I kind of went over with Danny what some of the good options were, and, you know. Danny being a nice guy was like, why don't you take this one? So you gave him secondary advice when the advice you gave me was just, oh, okay. That's fair. And then, so Danny with, uh, coming up against this like very fast death watch army and kind of what you were running there, what secondaries did you take? Uh, so I took direct assault which is the mission-specific secondary, so get in the middle or get on your opponents. Um, I picked Domination, so the one that we talked about in the secondary review that we did last time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I just felt like I had superior scoring capacity over Kevin's army because uh, my stuff is a little bit faster in all of its obsec. Um, so as long as I could get enough like scarabs or other stuff onto the objectives, then I could easily you know, kind of hold them. Um, and then I took Ancient Machineries. So this is the Necron-specific one where you do an action with a Canoptic or Core unit on uh, any any one of the... And basically for this one, it was all three objectives in the middle of the table. So I knew that I could get some good points, especially if I did this a couple of times um, or I was able to kind of push him off of the center and then also uh, uh, kind of uh, kept at least keep one of the, the secondary or one of the the center of the board objectives kind of out of his control. Okay. So with those in mind, how did the game go for you guys? As I mute myself uh, and let you guys discuss what happened here. <laughs> uh, so uh, what happened was uh, Kevin uh, won the role. I was the defender. So I did a play first. Um, we alternated deploying. Um, Kevin did a pretty good job on deployment of making sure that his guys were hidden behind kind of the central ruin um, and other ruins. So I didn't have a lot of good opportunity shots if I were to, if I would have gone first. Um, however, Kevin did win the role um, to to see who would go first and elected to go first anyway. Um, and so Kevin went to. Why don't you tell people about your first turn, Kevin? <laughs> okay. Um, so. Yeah, during deployment, I, I put a couple things into, uh, well, I guess during the reserves part, I put them into reserves. But I deployed my outriders after combat squatting them. I deployed them kind of forward, closer to the center of the board. And I had my smash captain in there with his relic blade and the storm shield, and next to him was the, the chaplain. And so by the time I was done moving, I was just an inch outside of your, your line of scarabs there. And yep. at that point, what was it? I, I got the uh, canonical of hate to go off, so I had the extra plus two to charge. But other than that, there wasn't really much else in the way of, of moving other than my Spectrus kill team that I had, I had done their um, concealed positions uh, deployment over on another objective. I kind of positioned them for some shooting, but the rest kind of stayed static and... Right. I decided to charge the scarab wall <laughs> with the bikers. Oh, I um, made that mistake. Not with bikers, um, but with other things. 
Yeah, and well, I should say the other group of, of outriders I had, I I turbocharged them or whatever the advanced call, whatever you call the advance. I, I ran them twenty inches over to the other quarter of the board to help me score my first point of the game, engage on all fronts, and also to get me close to that objective because I knew Danny was going to have to move towards it. So I was trying to be a little preemptive on how I could counter that, but uh, charges went off great. I will I, say just to preface this before you keep going. Um, my plague marine blight grenade bomb has killed every single unit I've pointed it at, bar none, Ooh. bar none. It's wiped out knights, um, rubric marines. It's, it's everything I pointed at has died, apart from one squad of scarabs. <laughs> <laughs> How was your experience with nine scarabs, Kevin? Well, I. Got into combat with him. Like I said, the charge went off because I was like an inch away. And I think so plus two to my charge, baby. I was there, but uh, decided to spend the command point that allows me to add an extra attack to the uh, unit in melee with Zeno's army. So I think we figured out they would do, if I maxed everything out, they could do 35 wounds, which would be just one shy of killing the entire <laughs> squad of scarabs. I mean, it's a good thing he doesn't have some bullshit rule like reanimation protocol where he gets to roll like <laughs> 24 yeah. dice and bring random stuff back. Yeah, you know, and they heal themselves like one wound a turn too, so that's cool. But, uh... Thank God they're not they obsec. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got in there, they did their job, but I decided to go a little ham on uh, charging in my, uh, my smash captain. I think I went after your warriors. And uh, the immortals, yeah, unit of yeah, immortals. the immortals. And so, you know, I knew that Overwatch was a thing, and I figured Danny would do it, but I, I really hadn't contemplated the horrible decision that I had made about trying to charge them, especially when they were next to the Doomstalker. Oh yeah, I fell for that too. Uh, hey guys, pro, yeah. pro pro tips here: don't charge things beside a Doomstalker. So I kind of so, fit my army set up so that almost everything was within six inches of a Doomstalker. So I figured on first turn if Kevin went ham that I would get to at least watch both of them at least once. So, and I had the, uh, uh, the protocol up that lets you choose to set to defend. So they could all set to defend and overwatch on fives and the worlds were close to the silent King. So they could reroll misses as well. Oh, wonderful. That sounds very fun. It was. It was. I really got to watch my salt with Necrons. Jesus Christ, I'm going like way too over the top with this. <laughs> no, he immediately just took my captain and, you know, yeeted him off the board because uh, that's what they do. I didn't even get to shoot the Doomstalker. The immortal did it. Oh, <laughs> just. Poor baby. Oh, yeah. So that cool captain guy I brought did absolutely nothing. That's not true. He died oh. like a bitch. To overwatch. No, I guess he did die, but uh, I mean, he looked really cool when he died too. I mean, if that counts for anything, <laughs> really does. But uh, I made one mistake with forgetting to raise the banners, and Danny was a total gentleman. Let me kind of go back on that one. So I was able to raise the banners on the one objective I held. I advanced my six dudes, uh, my six intercessors with the auto bolt rifles. I advanced them through the ruins to the center board to try and get on that objective. Uh, 
So I I kind of placed myself early on to start holding some of these objectives in the board that I needed to be on and uh, did some damage to the scarabs, got some kills, and then Danny got to swing back. So if you want to take it away from there. Sure. So uh, I lost, uh, I ended up losing uh, six scarabs from Kevin's attacks. Uh, and then I, I rolled, uh, I feel like relatively poorly, but it was, it was, it was fine. It was whatever. Um, and I only brought one reanimated one scarab swarm exactly. Like, so I only rolled four, four or five pluses out of, uh, 24 dice. Um, and then everything else, like I did, there was a couple of chip wounds and I lost one scarab base on the other flank, which is not a big deal. Um, so I passed my morale tests. Uh, and then on my turn, I flew out of combat with the scarabs and both the units of immortals just kind of like walked up and were ready to rumble. Um, I have my unit of 10 trier Praetorians. Uh, they were close to the silent King, so they got plus one move. Um, so they were able to get into a pretty good position to be able to assault the Spectrus kill team, uh, the five infiltrators, five incursors. Um, and I flew the scarabs that had fallen back from combat over to hang out with them and kind of block them if, if units came in to try and assault um the silent king kind of moved up so he could still shoot at bikers but also he could uh potentially shoot at the squad inside of the building uh, if he wanted to um and i moved another unit of scarabs up uh to another objective and was able to move them onto it without having it without advancing so they got a uh they started doing an ancient machinery's objective and man, I got to shoot, and it was really dumb. Um, <laughs> I used both the different uh, Necron st shooting stratagems, uh, the disintegration capacitor or uh, uh, disintegration capacitors, and uh, I forgot the other one. The six is to hit or an extra hit. I forgot what the name of it is. The um, bullshit so brigade. Each, yeah, it was bullshit. Um, and twenty immortals that get full full rerolls to hit. Uh, uh, can kill a lot of bikers uh it's like 20 shots i was getting some extra wounds in that kind of stuff so uh they did very they did very very well um so i managed to kill the bikers down to one biker left and then he died from i think the silent king just killed him um and i was able to kill the other biker unit down to one biker um who then failed his morale check and and died uh, the Silent King assaulted the middle of the table and killed those, the uh, assault or the intercessors that were in the middle, and the Praetorians charged in and killed the, re the between shooting and combat were able to kill the entire Spectrus kill team as well. Oof! So it was pretty bad. I was on all the objectives at the start of my turn, um, and yeah, Silent King was holding the middle of the table. It was a pretty brutal turn for the Death Watch for sure. <laughs> How did that feel, Kevin? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, how did that feel? How did that feel when I did that to you? Well, I don't know. I was, I guess, you know that THX, like, that, that sound that just creeps up and gets louder and louder until your walls are shaking? <laughs> that was your that impending was kind of like, High flies back, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was kind of what happened when the Necrons were just, like, walking towards me, getting louder and angrier, and everything just disappeared in front of them. And I sat back and just kind of hmmed my way through that turn because, gotta say, it it felt good to see Necrons with some of their new rules and abilities just be able to 
kind of pull off the shooting they did, but it also felt like shit to watch my awesomely <laughs> built Fortis kill teams just disintegrate in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, looking at it, like, you were real excited about, like, parts of the Death Watch coming in. Um, I, I guess, was, how, did, how did you respond, I, I guess, like, during your turn was where we'll start with that? Well, um... I guess I forgot to mention as well, I left my chaplain wide open when all this occurred and Danny just erased the, uh, the one group of outriders with the, uh, uh mortals that the chaplain was just wide open. And I think your doomstar doomstalker was just, <laughs> I think he if just a job's worth it. doing, it's so worth Fuck. overkilling. <laughs> he just kind of stared at the chaplain until his head exploded. And then I pulled him off the table <laughs> and, <laughs> that was kind of how that went. So at that point, my only recourse was to bring in the bad boy heavy intercessors with their uh, eradicator friends, plop them down, knowing full well that the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, death marks. Uh, knowing full well oh, they're going to be shot at marks. by the death marks. But I used the beacon with the watchmaster to beacon over my primaris apothecary, and I was able to get him close enough to... Uh, give everyone in that aura that six up feel no pain man that's that's a real pro play i mean that's a real good use of that like i don't think like a lot of people cool. assume like taking like a single character because they want to maximize like what they're moving and moving around but like just taking that like one apothecary okay shit these guys are going to need backup and just like the <laughs> oh, magic yeah. I'm like, okay what do i need where do i put the band-aids they needed the drug dealer to come slam them full of the good <laughs> stuff because they uh they immediately got shot at but by the time we were done with it it was pretty impressive watching some of the saves i made i think danny did one wound when we were yeah, all so said what, done yeah so i sh i did five wounds right right so that killed one guy and took another guy down to two and then the apothecary healed uh that guy a wound because kevin didn't roll super good and then he brought <laughs> back another one at full health now, were you as frustrated with Kevin as you were at me when I took your shit down to one wound through <laughs> my rolling? Uh, no, it was fine. <laughs> I deserved it. But yeah, that group came in. I actually spent a CP to give them that uh, special issue ammo for the turn on the executor bolt rifles. And because of the wording, um, the Eradicators can still double shoot if they choose the same target, but the entire unit has to shoot at the same target. So I, I just decided, you know what? I'm tired of this big, angry Necron standing there. Let's take some wounds off of it. And I put everything into the Silent King. And then the flying boom boxes, you know, the big speakers, whatever you want to call them, that were flying along with them just kind of intercepted. Men here. And... <laughs> But did you yeah, at they, least they kill? Did, did you at least kill the men here? Um, Sorry. so this may come as a surprise, but Te I techno never killed a single unit throughout the entire game. <laughs> um, I have played Danny uh, many times now. That does not surprise me. Um, absolutely not. Uh, so the game didn't necessarily go your way. Um, with, with your new Death Watch, uh, bearing in mind that Danny has lived, breathed eight Necrons for the past couple of months and, and spent 37 hours talking about Necrons in the past day and a half. What did you <laughs> see from your list that you liked? Um, what changes are you going to be making? Because 
One thing I really appreciate about playing with Danny is he's very open at the end of the game to letting you know how you suck and what you can do to change. <laughs> yeah, he, he is very nice at, you know, basically informing you to bite the pillow because he's going in dry. But, I mean, if he wasn't such a gentleman... Oh, it's never know, dry. If he wasn't such a gentleman, you go, you know, it's not so bad. You know, it kind of hurts, but... Um, no, when we were done, we had a good chat about it. If you just leave it in there, <laughs> just relax. All you got to do is just relax, breathe out, just relax, man. Yeah. But uh, we talked about some ideas. I, I really, really enjoyed what the Outriders did. They did their job. Like I said earlier, they, they everything did its job well. I just played horribly. And so one of the changes I'd like to make, I think, is dropping the Watchmaster and swapping him out for a Librarian. Because as we mentioned earlier, some of the... Uh, librarian powers are pretty pretty clutch i think being able to give a unit that five up feel no pain uh is going to come in very handy and i think what i'm going to do with the smash captain is go for a dominus aegis type running blob if you will so that i'll have this group that just runs up and sits on center with a five up invuln uh beacon over the apothecary everything's getting that six up feel no pain um bring in the librarian so that I can maybe give some units uh, either a way to not be shot at using like Mantle of Shadow, which is one of their powers. Uh, it's really good, I think, for using it on people, uh, units that do like actions, but also having a way to give them Fortified with Contempt is going to go, I think, a lot farther for the longevity I need in order to hold those objectives. So those would be the first first changes I'll make on the next list. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Danny, you have anything else you want to add? You dream um, crusher, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was super fun. I'm really glad that I got to play a game with Kevin. Uh, it's always a good time to play Kevin. He's such a good sport. And like, he always asks good questions afterwards, um, which is uh, super awesome. Like, I think that the amount of progress as a player that he's shown just in the last like year is like incredible. Cause I didn't really think that it could get like more from like last year to this year, but it's been like even bigger growth. So he's been doing really, really good. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Thank you, man. Death watch are really cool. I think that, I think that just like with a couple of little tweaks and like maybe not being quite as aggressive as he was on the first <laughs> turn, but that's no, I fun. think that, yeah. <laughs> Agree. I mean, it's not as fun. You're, you're a hundred percent correct, John. Um, but I think that he could have just done better in general um, if he would have been a little bit less aggressive or like hit me on one flank with like both of his biker squads. I think that would have been really good. Um, like just a couple of different plays just to like kind of double up threat um, and pull my attention where and then he can like potentially, you know, take over another objective another time. So I think there's some really cool play there, um, especially with how with mobile like Death Watch are. Um, you can do some cool stuff and kind of kite me if you wanted to, because my army's not super fast. Well, yeah. we did we did have a chat too with some of the rules interactions, because you know it's really hard to think about all the things you can do and what'll come up during a game. But just right. something as simple as some of the order of operations with like using teleportarium and then combat squads. Danny did a really good job of highlighting one of the things that you can do is turn a a stratagem that limits you to only deep striking two units yeah. into four units by way of combat squatting, as long as, you know, they're eligible for doing that, which is huge because now 
you've just multiplied the ability to or multiply the threat and your ability to kind of mitigate some of the other issues that come up with. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. No, no, you got to no. yeah, raise no, your game. Good, man. Yeah, it's perfect. And like, I'm really excited. Like, uh, hopefully, I think in the next couple of months here, what I want to do is organize like a round robin tournament. Um, and, and yeah, Kev, like, I would love for you to be a part of that. And I don't know when or how or if COVID decides to just keep on going to like four figures up in Alaska here. Um, but I think the way to go is like a four person, three round tournament, um, which Danny judges because I would like a chance of winning. Um, not really, <laughs> <laughs> not really, but, but to get some, get some games in, uh, get kind of just like a hangout, like I said, and we, we don't play enough, Kevin. And I think I've played you once, twice, maybe, uh, but whatever it is, it's nowhere near enough. Yeah. I'm totally down with that. I think the last time we played, you had your death guard tar pit with a bunch of pox walkers and I literally just killed all my I pox feel- walkers. <laughs> I killed one unit, and then the rest of the game was Martarian just coming in and going, goodbye. And I went, oh, so that's what he does. Man, yeah. (laughs) So if I was running Mortarian, that was like like mid-eighth. So yeah, we absolutely need to kind of get together and and play something here soon. Uh, Kevin, do you have anything you want to add before we, we sign off here? Uh, no, I just, thanks for having me on guys. This was a, uh, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. And, uh, Uh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, we're going to take a quick Thanks break. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, dude, thank you so much. Why would you even do this? But thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing what this. your real name? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Joe. Uh, we'll be right back. Do you like cookies but want something more British? Buy biscuits. Not like those you have for gravy. British biscuits. For dunking in your British tea. Stiff upper lip guaranteed. Biscuits, as recommended by Queen Liz of the Britons. Oh, man. So Kevin dropped off a little earlier because I want to talk to him like a little bit more, but that's okay. Uh, we had a great time with Kevin. Uh, super amazing sure. guy. Um, super fun to, to, to play against. Um, yeah, lots of excitement there. Um, so we're going back because last episode, my wife read a lot of the... Um, the, the roast replies where we were like, Hey, episode one fifty is coming up roast us, but they were all so good. And people wanted to hear them. Um, we, we were like, okay, we have to like go sooner because there's way too many people want to tell us we're shit, um, which is surprising, but I'm going to cool like, or it's not though, John, like it's not surprising. I'm going to cool your heat with a little Island song. Um, to, so we can like, (laughs) get this here and we can get going so we're going to read um some some of the other ones that maybe amanda missed um uh we have john don't worry the first 40 years of childhood are always the hardest <laughs> oh man it's coming up that is is can that not about that? That, that that is really scary <laughs> like for both of us we're both 37 so yeah that is a little too close to home um <laughs> mob rules so full of shit the toilet's jealous jealous and John and Danny, FYI, I'm not insulting you. I'm describing you. <laughs> it's like a double-tiered insult. It is double-tiered. I'm and I'm like, proud. okay. Uh, someone called us the dry toast of competitive podcasts. Yeah, fair. That's, that's real fair. Yeah. You get a little dry. 
Yeah, um, I am the butter. But I'll butter your bread. Well, so you're the bread. You're the bread. I'm the butter. I just don't show up most of the time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mob Rules, the only podcast to ever plays 87th in an RTT. Um, (laughs) We have a behind the scenes Necron Codex review where it's just Cookie Monster and Elmo holding up the Necron Codex. Um, with our logo uh, photoshopped over them, um, this this inspired a whole bunch of photoshops putting our logo over stuff. Oh, okay, cool. So um, there's actual memes made of there. Us? There is memes here now, which is all I really wanted. So it's like I have recently been placed in charge of garbage. Um, when you think of garbage, think of mob rules, which <laughs> honestly, like, isn't the worst insult we've ever got there. I mean, like, look, let's just be honest. It's factual. And so I can't knock it. Like, it's just a little, it's just, it's true. That, it's that true. is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have, so, we you know, trash, thank you for your $5 a month. You know, the meme where it's like the, the really weird monkey that's like awkwardly looking away and then looking towards mm-hmm. someone posted that meme there. We'll put this on our, our Facebook so people can see. But it's like Danny asks the point patrons to join him on voice chat. The patrons. <laughs> uh, we have mob rules. Editing was never a choice. That is fair. Uh, one of the benefits of recording the way we do right now is I don't have to edit. Um, and then some people really mad. Mob rules. We only corrupt the good ads so we can play the shitty ads forever. People really hate whistling. <laughs> and that just makes me want to play whistling more. We have, but it's the best I had it for real. It is so good, so good. Um, Marlboro's new home to the 40k celebrity elite. Um, I think that is a burn because Danny and I have both said how much we hate that term. Um, <laughs> it's so stupid. Lower journalistic integrity than spiky bits. Um, um, which someone said is now the most offensive thing in this chat. Yeah, now I'm pissed. Now I'm mad. We also said that. I'll get him. We have thick skin, but not that thick. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Um, Mob rules make sense once you realize John currently has his mortgage on a 10-year bet to see if by 2024 he can have more disappointed fans in his life than disappointed women. Um, Wow. I think that's a lot lot of different insults there flying. Um, I only have one disappointed woman in my life, and that's my wife. Oh, actually... (laughs) I think my ex-wife counts too. So two, two, <laughs> and your mom. <laughs> my mom, yeah, definitely a hard third. Uh, and then we have Mob yeah. Rules, the podcast you wish was behind a paywall. Which <laughs> jokes on him? We are behind a payroll for a paywall for two days. Oh man, that's fantastic. Uh, Mob Rules fans request Patreon to start a fifty dollar a month tier. And no public episodes for 2021 for the good of us all. Um, man, <laughs> if you guys all want to pay us 50 bucks, I will stop producing content like yesterday. Yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> please do. Um, Mob Rules, the only podcast to get a cease and desist from Four Loco for being bad for the brand image. <laughs> as john drinks ray's energy <laughs> uh so i'm currently drinking a kirkland hard seltzer but it's in a ray's oh, energy sorry. mag gun so like i'm being classy um <clears throat> i see 
Uh, Danny seems to really like Necron scarabs. That's true. Uh, Danny's little mm-hmm. bug boys, Danny's little buggers, uh, which is, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. Sure. I, I do like scarabs. Um, you do. Uh, is that like a butt sex joke? Is that what that was? Bugger, we buggery. Yeah, buggery? I think it's uh, like a butt sex joke there. So, um, okay. I, I mean, you could probably put scarabs up your ass. I mean, you do whatever you want to do. That's it's just the way it is. Um, the problem is that the little legs are like really catchy, and so they're you can really scratchy. They tear the inside of your anus. Oh, these are okay. So <laughs> these are pretty brutal um mob rules one third of the way to being anecdotal because there's two of us um that's good mob rules the warhammer 40k the app of podcasts oh man that burns (laughs) that that, that burns worse than when i pee um mob rules two men's slightly homoerotic midlife crisis presented for your pleasure (laughs) Uh, I would say false because it used to be three men slightly homoerotic right. midlife crisis presented for your pleasure. Um, John is the worst thing to come from Europe since Forge World. Oh, damn. <laughs> That's true. That's um, pretty good, though. John actually got deported from the UK for crimes against basing models. Um, Did you use goblin green paint? This comes from a long-standing hatred that several of our patrons have of me using purple rims. So all of my rims are Xerxes purple because um, yeah. I feel it has like a good unifying army theme. But that is very much hated by some. Um, oh, but I have a, they are good. And then the reply in all caps is purple is not a rim color. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some purple rims. Um. <laughs> that's that's fair uh someone said you don't get enough oxygen down there <laughs> uh is danny good or does he just beat up on john a lot i mean they can both be true those aren't mutually exclusive factors right there um mostly the second one <laughs> you do you do beat up on me a lot um <laughs> mob rules it's only a matter of time till it's called raise your game presented to you by bcp and forge world um I resent that. Hell yeah. I resent that because if you go to reppsports.com and use promo code sellout, you can raise your game <laughs> by ordering raise energy drinks. Um, and, you know, a pro subscription to Best Coast Pairings where you can access all lists, all tournaments, whenever you want is a fantastic investment. And Forge World has given us zero money. I think all we've got from Forge World over the past few years is Imperial Armor 2. Or Imperial Armor Compendium. We didn't even get the Imperial Armor books last time, so we did get the Imper- we did get this new this newest one. We did get That's the newest nice. one, which we thank you. Yeah, and we did stream that on our YouTube channel because I didn't know what to do with it. And uh, so yeah, if you want to see the new Imperial Armor Compendium and, and all the fun in things are there uh, in 1080p and glorious uh, Patreon provided money camera. Uh, so thank you guys, which is why we let you be so cool. accurate about us. Um, my favorite host of Mob Rules is Fred. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, sorry, John. <laughs> that's fair. Since you went to remote recording, I can hear John half as much. This made the quality of the podcast twice as good. <laughs> that is also accurate. Uh, Raise is the third worst thing for Mob Rules. 
<laughs> third. <laughs> Fuck. Um, oh, and man. then we have that uh, is cruel but true. Cruel but true. Mob rules were too far north to be the dangly boys. <laughs> <laughs> also true. <laughs> um, this one's political, so get ready. Uh-oh. Um, in Sweden, they say five districts in the U.S. are still counting votes. They don't care to mention Alaska is the sixth cause. It's uninteresting and small, just like Mob Rules podcast. <laughs> Well, yes. Okay, thank you. So that's fair. Thanks um, for noticing. To do our Marlboro's Patreon debut's new logo, it's just a pile of money that's burning. <laughs> um, Marlboro's is John the reason the co-hosts always leave. Um, <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, we're going to go a little uh, inside baseball here. Um, yes. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, uh, my God. That's so funny, though, really. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yes, yes. Uh, and that's that's more roasting. If you want to roast us and tell us how you really feel, yeah, um, throw a dollar our way. Join our Patreon. Uh, get in our Discord and then instantly cancel that Patreon. Give us no more money after that, and you have lifetime access. Uh, there is the Mob Rules 150 roast. Uh, we have now two episodes of content out of something we were planning on having for like four episodes from now, where we were just like, yeah, they'll make fun of us a little bit, but no, be brutal, be great. Uh, Danny and I apparently have very thick skin and the ability to drive away co hosts, um, or at least one of us does here. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna take a break we'll be right back to just wrap this on up the world is changed i feel it in the water i feel it in the earth i smell it in the air much that once was is lost for none now live who remember it it began with the writing of the great edition three codexes were given to the eldar Immortal, wisest, and fairest of all beings. Seven to the Xenos, great guns and claws. And nine, nine codexes were gifted to the race of men, who above all else desire power. For within these codexes was bound the strength and will to govern each race. But they were all of them deceived. For another codex was made, in the land of Nottingham, in the fires of Warhammer World, the Dark Lord fully forged in secret a set of supplements to control all others. And into these supplements, he poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. One faction to rule them all. This should do. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, Phil left Dude, of his I'm own record. Up over here. Yeah, 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 Phil... Okay. Phil left of his own accord. He uh, moved out of state and wanted to focus on his very popular Glacial Geek YouTube channel, which you should absolutely check out because it is phenomenal, uh, the amount of work that gentleman puts in. Um, As we're wrapping up here, uh, next episode, where I was going to talk about a little bit about Imperial Armor, about winners and losers. Instead, go to our YouTube channel, if YouTube is up and running right now, because right now it's down worldwide, which is causing people to just lose their shit. Um... See some of the winners and losers. We kind of just go through the book. Um, Tyranids, giant winners in there. 
like just oh just, no kidding, just just great stuff coming out of there. Which for someone who wants three Demacarons, I'm very happy to see. Um, Chaos, not so much. But you know, we have to have something to complain about as Chaos players. Otherwise, what's even the point of existing? Yeah, like nothing super great for like uh, Space Marines uh, or IG. Like I don't think any like anything is like really stands out for them. I like, think Xenos got some cool stuff. Like nothing super stands out. Um, but the Xenos like stuff it's just being broken, which is great. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like the uh, the the new the Orc lifted the custom Stampa with the double lifted dropper. Uh, seems like it's going to be insanely po- uh, popular. Super so, good, Su- super good. Yeah. Um, uh, we are a part of the Rogue Trader Network, which I always always forget to mention, even though they are much better, more entertaining podcasts than us. Uh, we have the NZ Forty Shabal uh, down there in New Zealand, uh, New Zealand's number two uh, po- hobby podcast. Um, doing great stuff down there. Uh, definitely yeah, check with Andrew and Mark. Yep. And uh, and Hayden, like those yep. guys are all great. And then the the other two New Zealand players just don't get to be on the podcast. Um, no, they're banned. <laughs> but like that, they have an amazing podcast. It takes you through the the meta and the scene that they get they have down there. Um, and the important thing is New Zealand actually running tournaments right now, actually having games. Oh, so it, like if you difference. want to get a handle on what ninth is, check check out NZ Forty Shabal. Um, High Lords of Terror. Uh, sorry, of their, sorry. One, uh, one of their players is going to be playing in their Masters event for the whole country, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And all two players are going to be like really good in that last <laughs> round. Uh, no, but no, like some really good insight from those guys. Um, High yeah. Lords of Terror, Tampa and the gang just throwing out quality content week on week with some really unique in- well, insights. Month on month. Or month on month, even. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but some really unique in- insights. So, like from the business end of things, they have great insights into how the app was made. They had a great episode about the 40k app, which went really deep diving into the business side of it. And they have just a lot of great insights into the modeling and, and things you wouldn't really kind of assume um, were things to have insights on. But they do, and it's very entertaining at the same time. They and then good ads too. Like such ads good ads. Pretty funny. They're like the um, second best ad the- producer. they also just did a really great episode where they ripped off the uh, hot ones oh and they interviewed yeah and so they interviewed each other and like eight hot wings they have a video of it on youtube and you can see michael tempe turn bright red yeah and it wasn't from embarrassment (laughs) it was from wings because the man has no shame once (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then also uh dangly boys um our spiritual brothers of the south brothers and sister of the south uh were danny yep, last and least last and so. least dangly boys d-a-n-g-l-y-t-e-r-r-i-b-l-e um great content and again as much as we don't want events to happen or we want them to happen in safe capacity in the south events are running fine so if you want to see how comp 40k is going right now Dangly Boys is a great resource uh, for seeing how those Southern tournaments are doing. Um, Seth having some great performances in RTTs uh, with Orcs. Yep. And and GTs. uh, And GTs. And then also helping Shelby, who she is a newer player. Uh, She wants to learn and be great with Necrons. And they're kind of chronicling her journey there. Danny joined in to kind of really dig in uh, and kind of help uh, make the most disgusting army possible. Uh, they also have a YouTube channel, which has, has some amazing quality battle reports. Um, For sure. 
Uh, some great and just tactical advice as well. Like yeah, some, those some tactical videos that are very good. Yeah, so so definitely check those guys out there. And then of course us, or you know, we we live stream to. Both. I mean, yeah, yeah, you already know. You already know if, if you've now. made it this far. God, what is what is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> that that's about all I can say. But yeah, in 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 kind of summary, it was great having Kevin on. Uh, Kevin is an amazing guy. Uh, a super fun guy to hang out with. And like, like you said, his growth in 40 K has been like super good this past couple of years. Yeah, man. Yeah. He's doing great. I'm using the word super a lot, but that's fine. It is what it is. It's fine. It's, it's super. Okay. It's super. Okay. Um, Danny, what do you want to add up at the end here in your Eagles corner? Oh, dang. Um, um I just hit a bunch of buttons. That's just, yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, <laughs> Anecdotal. Oh, sorry, that was Me early. Too. You were going to talk first. Uh, I really like uh, the new codexes False. that are coming up, and it's It's really fun. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. Yep. And then uh, <laughs> uh, Necron Codex is super fun. Uh, I'm pretty excited to play them some more. There's a lot of different builds and stuff I just haven't even tried yet. So I'm excited to try a bunch of new stuff. Super excited. Um, and we're going to be back in two weeks. I'm pretty sure in two weeks we're going to be talking about the Space Wolf Codex, which by this point will have been out forever. Um, but I would feel more comfortable bringing on guests and people that Danny and I both want to talk to who have a good yep. tactical acumen uh, of Space Wolves. We just feel other people should have first dibs on them. Um, and then hopefully more roasts. Uh, hopefully more fun stuff. If you look at our YouTube channel today, uh, hopefully uh, my son has gone to bed long enough where I can kind of unbox and go through like a new release. And I'm really hopeful going forward to kind of stream some more stuff on YouTube. If that's even still a thing after today uh, on Saturdays. Nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, but Danny, anything else you want to add before we kind of cut out here and cut and run away? Nope. Nope. I'm good. I think uh, we covered everything. Amazing. Uh, hopefully next time we come back to, we'll get back to some worse character stuff. We've given given that a break after, like, I think the last one didn't even crack the top five. Um, but hopefully this has I given know. us enough time to kind of think of someone who could really make it in there. And I think really Siege of characters. Terra, like, spoilers, Maximus Thane. Um, spoilers, uh, someone <laughs> could really kind of break into that, that, that top five there. Uh, but for more bros, I've been John. And Danny. And we'll see you next time. Guys, you've listened this far, and if you're expecting Brent Bot, you are wrong. He's not appearing today, but Ray's Energy is appearing today. Now, if you go to repsports, R-E-P-P-Sports.com, and pick out your Ray's Energy flavor, and you can get Voodoo. Oh, yeah. Voodoo is apparently a flavor. Uh, there is a flavor that is like shaped. There's <laughs> a, a flavor that is colored like an American flag. And if you don't order that, you're not a patriot. Um, but use our promo code User. sellout to get money off your order and support this podcast, which why on earth would you want to do either of those things? Uh, promo code sellout, 
R-E-P-P-Sports.com. I lived in Canada my whole life. Bag milk is so normal. However, it seems to be a mystery for a lot of people online, especially Americans. I'll show you how bag milk works. We have them in bags to keep them fresh. Now it comes in a big bag at any grocery store. Some places recycle them, but most people throw them out. You can also donate them to most church groups and they weave them into mats for poor countries. In a big bag, there are three bags and they're a little over a liter each. Do you know how fresh the bag milked is? Each bag has a best before date. Milk pitchers are very common. You can get them at any home furnishing store. They probably even sell them at the dollar store. They're very easy to find. You just place the bag in a pitcher upright. Now you probably want to know how to get the milk out. Snippets are very useful. And you just cut one corner of the bag. You can also use scissors and it's that simple. You just cut it. Now it pours nice and smooth and it's that easy. There you have it. Please like, share, comment. It's much appreciated.